in 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm a leader, wait, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Michael Theodore here with us out of Vancouver, Canada. And uh, thank you for being here. Nice to be here, Nate. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you when you hear that? Well, um, I started this type of business in 1980. I was the first organic and natural broker in Canada. And so um, back then, with very little training and um, the industry being extremely small, I really had to step up to really create leadership in an area where there really wasn't very much. Yeah. So I sort of had to learn a lot, reinvent the wheel a bit. I was very lucky. My dad was a distributor in the U.S. And uh, he did pretty well for himself. And so I had a mentor and I had early training from him really on the on the job, like training on the job. Yeah, yeah. So, and... You know, he worked super hard. He had a super good work ethic. So I learned a lot about leadership just watching him uh, deal with his suppliers and with his clients and doing things like collecting overdue invoices and um, how to really create a area sort of an aura of confidence around his leadership skills that would create trust the client would then have trust in him a by what he said and Mm -hmm. b by keeping his promises and making things work for them and that really stayed with me probably my whole life when i started to get into the organic products business i just transferred those sort of qualities to the new business because he was in the junk food business. Oh yeah. And 
and I was in the organic business. But the basic principles of leadership um, and how to run things came through, and it really didn't matter what the business was. The, yeah. The ideals were the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, well, so I know you just touched on it, but yeah, maybe just um, share a little bit more about what your journey has been and in, in, in that path and how you've gotten to where you are today and what you are well, up to today. I know it sounds like you were a bit ahead of the curve for sure. I was, I was ahead of the curve because I lived in Laguna beach in the sixties and the late sixties. I was okay. around all that counterculture. Um, I was into it in a big way. And mm -hmm. in Laguna beach, you had a lot of, um, uh, smoothie bars and healthy eating and little health food stores. And mind you, there was very little available yeah. back then. Right. It was very basic, you know, yogurt, brown rice, yeah. um, apple juice, nothing really too uh, fancy like there is today, right? Yeah. So uh, from a lifestyle perspective, I got really healthy I learned yoga. I was very good at yoga. Um, I did. I swam in the ocean. I surfed a little bit, although I was a really bad surfer. <laughs> uh, so, and, you know, I had a whole lifestyle component. When I came yeah. to Canada in the early 70s, um, I said, well, you know, there must be a way I can sort of transfer my lifestyle things that i'm enjoying and getting benefit from that was the big thing getting yeah. benefit yeah sure so my first venture was a little company called organic connection and i started with um, a, a mercury station wagon and i discovered an organic grower in the okanagan valley one thing led to another i i took a bunch of cases of peaches with me down to Vancouver. There was a big health food store called Lifestream. I pulled up, the guy came out. I took the peaches out in a big wooden case, like beautiful peaches, this big, as big as cantaloupe. And the guy said, how many cases you got? I said, 12. He said, I'll take them all. And I wrote him an invoice out on a napkin. <laughs> And that started my organic career. One thing led to another. And in three or four years, I had a big diesel truck with refrigeration. And I was going up there um, two times a week. That was 1,600 kilometers return. And um, it became, you know, a pretty decent business. And I was introduced to a lot of health food stores in Vancouver. and. BC and they sort of got to know me and they look forward to the different fruits. You know, there was peaches and apricots and plums and apples and pears and uh, everything I could get organic. Then about year four, the problem started to happen and the demand for the organic stuff was so great that I just couldn't get enough supply. Mm -hmm. So I decided to switch gears and said, look, I can't, I can't do this. I can't go up there for 500 cases of organic fruit and come back with 200 cases. That's just, that's not a good business model. Yeah. 
So I switched gears and through a couple of um, introductions and different things that were kicking around at the time, I decided uh, to become a broker. At the time, I didn't even know what a broker was. Yeah. And I was introduced to a company in California that was very successful uh, called Natural Nectar. And they had honey ice cream and they had uh, ice cream sandwiches that were very unique and different candies that sort of looked like Reese's peanut butter cups. I mean, these things were all very delicious. They weren't yeah. organic, but they were 100% natural. Okay. And uh, he knew me from Laguna Beach, the owner, and he put me on as a broker. And was, they were very supportive and very generous. They helped me get things started up here. And one thing led to another. And all of a sudden, I was selling quite a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, through through that first company, I was introduced to a second company and then a third. And things started to grow. And, um, you know, but mind you, the the natural product business at the time was very small. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe maybe 300 stores in Canada. Yeah. And a, and a couple of distributors, maybe one in the West, one in the East. And um, it was it was quite small. Yeah. So I got a chance to be on in on the ground floor. I uh, became a director of the trade association here, the Canadian Health Food Association. So I had early uh, inputs and early influence to how things should work for the industry, like trade shows and okay. support, yeah. supportive, supportive functions. And uh, I got put on the trade show advisory council and different areas of uh, sort of industry support. And that all sort of just naturally created leadership and ended up, you know, I became from 1980 to 1990, there was no competition on the broker side here. So I had a big market share. And um, by the time I sold my business in, in 2013, I had about over 60 brands. Wow. Yeah. So what do you do today? What do you have to I do today? consulting. I do, I do a lot of what I did was when I was brokering, except I don't have a crew. Yeah. Um, when I was brokering, I had sales reps in every major city. And I had a big office in Toronto and offices in Vancouver and, yeah. um, you know, fairly big operation. And um, so when I sold that, I didn't want to be in the crew business anymore. Yeah. And so, uh, so I consult with some startups. I work with some established brands. I do a lot of organic bulk like sweeteners, like monk fruit, uh, different things like that, manuka honey. Um, and, you know, I do private label. I do a lot of different things that don't require me having a sales crew um, out in the in the marketplace. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Very good. What's, um? so I know you touched on it a little bit with you, with your dad, but 
always like to hear who some of the influences have been, you know, as leaders in your life and, and really more so the characteristics of these individuals that have really stood out in their leadership. Maybe some of those that you've taken to mold who you are. Um, so maybe well, I'll talk a little more. That's about a that. good, that's a good question. Um, there was a, a couple of industry leaders here um, who really did major things for the industry here. And they really were quite selfless and really provided a lot of support. One was a, a fellow named Dean Yatchison, who um, was uh, a VP at Vita Health, a company in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And he was, he really brought retailers together and he brought, he was able to sort of at that really crucial point where the industry was starting to really become something. And he would get retailers all under one roof and give seminars and <clears throat> product information. And I used to fly out and give speeches and talks to the retailers. And I mean, he really, he really made a difference in how the industry is today. And I really uh, have a lot of admiration for him. Another fellow was named Willie uh, Pelzer. Uh, Willie owned a company called Sunny Crunch in Toronto. He had a really good business making uh, granola products and the granola style products. Okay. It was nothing fancy. It wasn't organic at that time. It was pretty basic. But he had a lot of business for, he had a lot of chain business and he did a lot of private label. And he sold a bit into the U.S. So he, he passed away at least 10 or 12 years ago. But he was the kind of guy who really saw the need for an industry trade association. And the, the industry trade association, the CHFA had, didn't have a lot of financial resources at the time. There wasn't very many members. And he just gave selflessly financial support yeah, uh, got them an office and supported a lot of different things without ever asking for much in return. And, you know, uh, he hardly anybody probably remembers him, but because I've been around so long, yeah. I have to give, I have to give those two a shout out. Um, even though they're old school. <laughs> oh, I love it. Definitely got to shout those people out. Yeah. And, um, what uh so now i know consulting but you know i always like to think of great leaders championship leaders having uh, incredible vision so what always curious to hear what the vision is for you like you said you've been in the business for a long time and now you're consulting and kind of in a way maybe that's uh you know helping others to get to what you know that are trying to create a similar path to maybe what you did for yourself. And so you're helping pass that torch a little bit, but. Well, I think that I'm in Canada, I'm known for several things. One is business ethics. Um, that's an area that was very important to me at the start. Um, I studied uh, a non-sectarian type of meditation in India and Burma called Vipassana. And the foundation for that sort of path was to uh, have good morality and strong ethics. 
and I stuck to that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm honest with clients. I use the I use the old adage. I'll tell them the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. I want to hold back. And so, you know, they've come to, you know, understand me as somebody who will tell the truth and will help them in a meaningful way to try to get to the next level. And sometimes that doesn't happen either. Yeah, you know, sure. Situations happen. Um, I look at things very carefully when I take a client on. I look at their uh, financial ability, whether the product is unique, uh, whether if it's a supplement, is it patented, all these different things to help um, them make proper decisions about how they want to go to market and, you know, how much they can be expected to spend, let's say, the first year on entry fees. The entry fees are very high here. Mm. So the all that that I do denotes leadership because that's the reason they're coming to me because I had that, I had 37 years in the brokerage business. Yeah, right. And so, and I was the first broker here. So a lot of the, um, sort of uh, operational methodologies that were adapted even by other brokers, I sort of laid the groundwork for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Love it to, to see that come kind of full circle too. Right. So Here, here's up? a, here's an example of um, old school leadership thought that still that was very valid back in the day. I like telling the story yeah. on these podcasts because it's it's interesting when you have the intersectionality of today's thought process. Yeah. So this story was about when my company was getting when my brokerage business was growing, we were hiring, we had a lot of positions you know, sales reps and brand managers and tech people, uh, all kinds of job positions. So, um, you know, today everything's about inclusion, diversity and equity. But back then I only hired on merit. There was no diversity, equity or yeah. Inclusion just didn't, it didn't exist. Right. So merit was the key factor. Interestingly enough, based on merit, I would look at the candidate's resume. I would evaluate, I would call references. And then if the candidate uh, met all the criteria for the position and they agreed to the salary, I would hire them. Right. Yeah. Well, as it turned out, I had some of the most diverse staffing for that period of time in the whole industry. Yeah. I had yeah. Asian Canadians. I had Filipino Canadians. I had Punjabis. I had indigenous uh, people who worked for me and everything in between. A lot mm -hmm. of women. I had women VPs before that, when that was still a ceiling, even in the, 
natural organic health business. And so using merit, equality, yeah, and fairness, yeah, I had all that diversity. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. And, yeah. And I wasn't even trying. Uh, that seems like the right way to do it. Uh, yeah, that makes total sense. So, um, but not everything that makes total sense is the way things are. So anyway, well, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you could think, uh, this switches it up. I know you've done a little research on the podcast, but, um, what's a moment where, you know, had you made a different decision in your life, things could look very different. Um, kind of a critical moment, fork in the road. I think there's a lot of listeners probably in that moment right now. And, and there's always some, some strength and power from hearing how others have navigated those times. Is there a moment? Well, that that's a really up? good question because in, in my, with my past company in the brokerage business, um, the brokerage business, as things got big, these categories got big, you know, yeah. non-dairy beverages and organic yeah. pasta and all these really key categories, uh, organic tortilla chips, all these things, the risk element became much, much higher than it was the, my first 10 years. Everybody were buddies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were a hippie in L.A. Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and there was, everybody was like-minded. Yeah. Even when you went to trade shows, it was just like, wow, you have organic, uh, you know, you have an organic apple juice. That's far out, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, there was that first 10 years where you had that sort of bonding and there was a lot of trust and the lifestyles were very similar. Mm -hmm. And and those original owners weren't hiring outside of the organic industry. Mm -hmm. So back to your question, as things grew to like, you know, each brand was millions of dollars, truckload business, the risk factor became higher. And you had to make decisions. Um, maybe a brand wouldn't accept the terms of your agreement. Yeah, they would cut this out and cut that out, or um, after you got to a couple million dollars, they would reduce the commission rate. Um, no previous discussion or anything. So, yeah, there was there was some risks that I had to take. Yeah, that ended up in you know financial losses. It's just the way things were. And, you know, sometimes you take that risk and you come out okay. And sometimes you don't. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, that happened. Yeah. 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 I bet, but, but that happened a lot. What's um, as we start to wrap this up, what, what is maybe one or two things you could give the listener if they were to apply to their life today, it would help move their life forward. Well, um, anybody in the U.S. that wants to either come to Canada or need help in the U.S., I'm uh, available for, you know, free consultation if you're interested. I'll evaluate everything. I'll evaluate uh, the product, the ingredients, the size, the price point. Um, we'll talk about 
financial resources, how much it costs to get into the marketplace, entry fees. I'll go over everything. There's no charge for that. Um, and uh, based on that, uh, they'll get a sense of confidence that I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I can help them get to the next level and not sort of fairy dusting. Um, I like the expression, this is the reality as it is, not as you would like it to be. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you need that. Um, well, what did would you be want the best? Me to, did you want me to give my contact information? On yeah, the I was just going to ask. Yeah, how, how, yeah, what would be the best way for them to do that if they want to reach out? So I'm at uh, my website is mtconsulting.ca. My email is michael at mtconsulting.ca. CA stands for Canada. Yep. For you, American listeners. That's right. Yeah. And um, you can reach me direct uh, on my direct line, 604-617-7789. Very good. Yeah, we'll get that. Uh, we'll we'll get those all in the show notes too. So if you're driving or whatever, we'll, yeah, it'll be there for you. So you can get to it, access it easily and reach out to Michael. Uh, appreciate your your time today. It's It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been great, Nate. I appreciate you having me. And uh, I look forward to... Uh, getting the finished version from you when it's all wrapped up. Yeah, absolutely. We would definitely get that out to you. So thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Take In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is the camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Years of marriages never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader. I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this. Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, babe.